Hey, everybody. Welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. Can't help but do a little jig with our music. I just like it a lot. Yeah. Whenever it's playing before we come in, I'm always doing a little boogie. So anyway, (laughs) it's nice to have you here. Uh, How are you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm good. We have been... um... Our other sister uh, is uh, has been preparing to travel, and everything that could possibly go wrong has gone wrong. And I so had noticed we, that in some texts I was noticing today. Actually, went out and rescued them twice today. Oh no! <laughs> they have struggled, but I think they're going to be okay. But yeah, it's uh, it's been quite the day. I I felt really sorry for her. She's planned really hard and worked really hard, and mm, you know. It's, it's yeah. that Murphy's Law of Travel, but uh, yeah, yeah, so we've just kind of been, uh, yeah, just kind of chilling behind them. <laughs> it's all good. That's funny. Yeah. Other than that, I, you know, I'm well. How are you? Uh, I'm very, I'm very well. I have enjoyed Shark Week very much. I hope you've watched or listened to my uh, true crime pop-up for Saturday, which was called Shark Attack. If you haven't, go check it out because I did do a shark-related crime in honor of Shark Week. So I have literally been watching shark shows even right up to us coming in here to record for this show. <laughs> not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. No, did, it's did a real... you won't be surprised to know that I was watching softball right before this. I am again not surprised at all. No, I'm sure I that you were. I actually saw something I have never seen before. What? You see fights in sports sometimes, but not usually with teenage girls. Now, maybe in other sports, maybe lacrosse or something, but Mm -hmm. not in softball. I mean, they might hate each other, but not like this. Well, in this game, it was a friend of ours. uh, She was invited to do a tournament in Oregon this weekend, and that's where she was. And we were watching the the GoPro stream of it. Uh And a girl, a runner, stole home and... As she stood up, she shoved the catcher. Oh. I don't know if these girls have beef, but the catcher tore her helmet off and beat this girl with it. (laughs) Like, tore it off and whammed her with it as hard as she could. Uh, They both got ejected. It was a huge thing. It stopped the game for like 10 minutes. Everybody was just stunned. The parents, the stands went crazy. Right? I thought we were at a hockey game there for a minute. Yeah, I've never seen that at softball. Wow. Me neither. Me it's neither. much more uh, passive aggressive at softball. <laughs> right? Usually just hate each other and talk shit on social media. I mean, what is this? Yeah, you know, <laughs> try to tweet somebody when you're sliding in a second or something like that. But yeah. Well, those things do happen sometimes. But this was so blatant. Like, I could not believe it. They both got ejected. Mm-hmm. It was pretty, it was very blatant on both parts that there was uh Serious aggression happening, but I'm still a little shocked. I got to go back and watch the replay and be shocked again. (laughs) Wow. wow. That is crazy. And these girls are like 14, 15. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, that's really young to be getting that pissed off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, anyway, that's what I've been up to. (laughs) That is, I've never seen that. I have never seen that. 
interesting. Very interesting. Well, this is our Monday show. It is our first show of the week. Yeah. And it's our MMIW. So I'm going to show you a picture here. This is a cold reach for Katie. She doesn't know anything about this case. I'm just sharing it with her for the first time. This is Cheyenne Fox. And Cheyenne was living in Toronto. She passed away in April of 2013. It was April 25th. Her body was found at the bottom of a Toronto high rise where she had landed after falling from the 24th floor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cheyenne was uh, the mother of a five-year-old son at the time. And a member, and I know I'm going to say this wrong, but I'm going to do my best. uh, Wikwemakong First Nation on Manitoulin Island, Ontario is where she was actually from. Okay. And that was her, um, that was her tribe. So Cheyenne had a really rough day, the day that she died. On the day that she died, she was seen jumping from a moving taxi in Toronto. It was It was slow moving, but she did jump out of it. And the the person who called 911 actually picked her up and dropped her off at the condo building where she later fell to her death. Oh. And uh, she reported to that person that she had been sexually assaulted by someone in that car. Oh, my God. The police didn't come. Nothing happened. They didn't really. Um, I think they didn't really know where to go or who she was or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another call to 911. It was from the condo on the 24th floor where she was in this building. There are a lot of things about this that have never been released. Um, there was a man who spoke to dispatch and then, or to the 911, I don't know what they call them in Canada, um, to the 911 um, operator. They also apparently spoke to Cheyenne as well. Again, no officers were dispatched. And then not long after that, someone else called 911 because they saw a woman briefly dangling from the balcony. It turned out to be Cheyenne. Uh, She fell to her death. The police came. They saw. They called it a suicide. They closed her case the next morning. Of course. Right? So her family is horrified by this and is not putting up with it, which I think is really good because not everybody stands up to them, but they're suing. Her family is suing uh, Toronto, the uh, the Attorney General of Canada and the Toronto Police Service. Uh Uh-huh. They are alleging negligence in response to several 911 calls made on behalf of and by Cheyenne that eventually led to her death. What they believe, what her family believes, because the police don't say anything because they don't give a damn, clearly, is that there was a victim of of human traffickers who had befriended her. 
and actually had kind of pulled her in to some involuntary sex work. And there, so police, there was a report to the police that before she died, there was some kind of fight that was going on in that apartment. Um, neighbors reported hearing it. So about 11 p.m. that night in this apartment, I can't tell you what the apartment number is. I can't tell you who the other person in the apartment was because I don't know, because none of that information has ever been reported, nor do I even know really if it's even been investigated, frankly. I don't think it has. So the, you know, 911 spoke to her, spoke to him. We don't really know mm-hmm. what was said, but that was at 11 p.m. At 11, 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. is when her body was found by the police because the neighbor had called to say that she was dangling from the balcony. Sure. So something between 11 p.m. and 11, 10 p.m. happened in which she ended up on the balcony, ended up over the balcony. Yeah. Um, they've never really fully told her father what happened. Uh, there was apparently supposed to be a lie detector test done with the individual in, in the in the apartment. Um, but it never happened. Police told the family that they, that he was too traumatized to do the test and they closed the case. Oh my God. Yeah. So. What's the rush? Right. I don't understand that. If he's too traumatized to do the test, then we wait a while, right? I don't just close the case the next day. Yeah. We'll get this. So um, Cheyenne's family, her dad, you know, wanted to do a ceremony where she died. There is um, in for her tribe, there's a ceremony that they do when when someone dies, they do a special ceremony where they died. Okay, sure. And the police will not tell them where her body was found. They know roughly in this apartment complex, condo complex, the actual physical location, they will not tell them. And they told them, right? Why? They told them that um, if they go there and try to do that, they'll be charged with trespassing. Oh, my God. They they literally said, if you go there, you're going to be charged with trespassing, and we're not going to tell you where it is. So... What her family's been doing, besides suing the hell out of the Toronto police, yeah, is that they've been doing their ceremonies in front of the police station on a pretty regular basis, drumming Good. ceremonies and stuff. They've been doing some great things, um, yeah, because I mean the the incredible disrespect of this situation, yeah, um, is just awful, yeah, and I really hope that they are successful with their with their suit, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, it's believed that there were racist there attitudes involved that caused the case to be closed so quickly. But I mean, how many indigenous cases like this have we seen? Same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so her family is just not letting up. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is pretty awesome. But there's no, I mean, the, the autopsy showed that she died of, you know, impact trauma. Well, but they never looked really any further about, like, what what um, injuries were before and after the right. fall. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So much stuff has never been released, never been told to the family. Um. It's been reported probably by this guy that she'd been drinking a lot, um, which somehow translates into, oh, well, we don't care how she died then because it was probably her fault. How many times have we heard this one? Well, I mean, she was drunk, so. Right. Well, and you also have to ask yourself, why was she out on the balcony? Yeah. What was she afraid of? What was she getting away from? It's been implied that she was with a customer or a, you know, because she was involved in in, uh, sex trafficking, we think. Yeah. And so it's been implied that that's that she was with a John, basically. But I mean, we've heard this story before. I literally had to go through the story. Go, wait a minute. I told this story before. Yeah, we have. But it happened to a girl in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Not here. And that one wasn't sex trafficking. It was just a womanizing idiot. But yeah. Yes. Yes. But this one, you know, obviously, why did she go out on the balcony when she was so drunk? Yeah. You know, why? What was she afraid of? I mean, you think about it. I don't know. But the poor John was so traumatized that they they're not even going to, you know, investigate him. Seriously. So anyway, that's the story. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to have Katie give us a cold read on what she thinks happened to Cheyenne Fox. And we are back. Okay, Katie, we're talking about the Cheyenne Fox case. As we've said, in April of 2013, she fell 24 stories from a condo in Toronto and was killed instantly, of course. And we're just wondering, you know, as as we know with these MMIW cases, it was ruled suicide almost immediately. Very little investigation actually done. So uh, what do you think? What happened to Cheyenne Fox? All right. So this sex trafficking stuff had... uh, resulted in them making some threats about her family, particularly her son. And so I do feel like she was with a John. Um, She had been, I believe, sexually assaulted as a teenager, as a younger teenager, younger kid and uh, more than once. And she kind of went into this, not willingly, but uh, was really scared because of threats that had been made against her family. Mm-hmm. But the uh, 
even any contact with this guy, like really, really put her over the top because of her triggers. And I feel like she was really, really afraid. And I do think she had been drinking a lot. I feel like when they first talked to the police, basically, uh, the, they just told her she needed to leave. She just needed to leave and everything would be fine. And mm-hmm. she agreed to leave, but then he wouldn't let her leave. It was like some kind of stupid telephone mediation for domestic violence as if that was actually going to work, you know? Right. Right. Basically just told her she needed to get her shit and leave and she'd be fine. And she said, okay, yeah, I, I'm trying to leave. I want to leave. And they're like, okay. And he was like, oh yeah, I'll let her leave. I didn't, I'm not keeping her here, but he was keeping her there. And I feel like eventually this kind of moved out onto the patio or out onto the balcony. I feel like he held her, not trying to hold her completely over the balcony, but backed her over the balcony, basically making a threat, you know, that you're going to give me what I want here and what I paid for here or, you know, just in an attempt to scare her. But she was already so scared and so messed up that uh, she fell. And her trying mm-hmm. to squirm away and get away from him, she fell. I feel like she went over and he kind of had a hold of her for a second. Uh, and then she fell. I don't think he actually meant to push her. He was just trying to scare her. But he did because she got freaked out and was trying to get away from him and squirming away from him. And she went over. It's really awful. Really, really awful. But it's more yeah. awful that somehow he managed to just also squirm his way out of this like it's just unthinkable that he wasn't held accountable because he knows exactly what happened to her and that's why there was no polygraph because he knows damn well what happened yeah i i agree 100 percent um i think anybody with half a brain would have just walked in and you know been looking at that very closely yeah um but in this situation it didn't seem that there was any no one cared. There was no attempt made. There was no work done to figure out what happened. That just didn't exist. That just didn't happen. Yeah. And uh, it's it's really sad. And I I know you guys are probably tired of hearing these cases because it's the same damn story every time. But one of the things that's really interesting that's going on is that there's some work being done in Canada because of her death. Her parents are suing, you know, all of those things. But also, interestingly, this there was an article that came out in 2014 that there were three women who died all in different ways, but kind of from the same kinds of bad situations. Then they weren't too far apart. Um, they were just within three months of each other in 2013. So Cheyenne was the first one on April 24th or 25th of 2013. Then, uh, Tara Jeanine Gardner, she was 26. She was hit and killed by a freight train on May 14th. And then Bella Labukin McLean was 25. She fell to her death from the 31st floor of a city place condo in the early morning hours of July 20th. My they were God. all first nations women. And the, the, so this was back in 2013, 2014, when they started really looking at this, 
her these three cases really spurred some work in Canada to be done for the MMIW movement. This was kind of back when things were starting to form. Uh, but I just thought, you know, one of the things that they're finding is that that these situations, what a lot of what's happening, some of what's happening in Canada is that women who grew up in, in much more sheltered environments go to the big city. And some so sometimes indigenous women get sucked into um, trafficking because they don't understand what it is. Yeah. They don't realize what's happening because they're kind of naive. You know, they've been living out on the island that they're from or the reservation that they're from. And they're not aware mm-hmm. that this kind of stuff can happen. Yeah. Um, which is really sad and scary, but they're at higher risk for getting involved in, in human trafficking. And that's, there are many reasons. And it, this is a very, you know, this issue is huge, but this is one of the things that um, a lot of people think is happening to some young women because they, they don't understand until it's too late. Yeah. Because they haven't been exposed to the potential of this happening, you know, all their lives, like a lot of us have been. Yeah. Wow. You know. Well, I, at least for Cheyenne, her death has done some really good work. Well, huge props to her family for being so proactive, for being so loud, for doing what they need to do. I'm still just heartbroken for them that they were not given the respect of knowing exactly where she died and the access to do ceremony there for her. What the hell would that have hurt anybody? I just, I can't even with that. It's just one more way in which they are shielding from her family what really happened to her. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. Did she fall in a way that indicated that she fell off the balcony? Did she fall in a way that indicated she was pushed off the balcony? We don't know. Because when you get pushed, you land further out. You know, it's just like they're intentionally covering this stuff. And that's what is really frustrating to me is that there's potential information here that they're withholding and that's one yeah. of the reasons some of it is just flat out racism mm-hmm. and bullshit yeah, covering their but ass because of the way they close this so fast yeah yeah absolutely so big props to cheyenne's family and and for the work that they started and for the work that's continued because of her and the other women that all died so close together in 2013 in toronto So we will just continue to cover these cases and talk about them and bring attention and energy to them because it's so important that we continue to be aware that these things can happen, that they are happening and to do whatever it is that we can do to make it better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, as you know, this is our first case of the week. So we will be back with two more cases this week. Plus we have a really special uh, Patreon coming up this week. It's uh, it's about murderbilia. Yeah. Yeah. And with a guest. Yes. With a very special guest. So if you 
don't follow us over on Patreon. Go join us and become a patron there. It's it's a very small donation, which just helps us to keep doing what we're doing. And for that, we do provide two extra shows a month at the highest level of subscription, whatever, support. Yeah. And we've done a lot of really fun, really famous shows over there um, yeah. because we, you know, we like to do some special stuff for our patrons. So go check that out. And we will be back tomorrow with another brand new case. Yes, we will. You know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. Take care.